0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com.
1: Good morning. This is the Gospel for Life. I'm Pastor Phil Moran, and I'm here in the studio Uh, with Pastor Russ Herman and Pastor Jonathan Van Hugen, and uh, we're talking today about books that have influenced our life and ministry over the years. We each came up with a top ten list, but uh, over the last couple of days we've been ranging far and wide. So we may get to those lists, and we may not, uh, but we do hope we'll mention some books uh, that you would think about going out and and picking up uh, or ordering uh, over the internet uh, for the encouragement of your Christian journey. Uh, so do one of you guys want to start start us out with one of the books on your well, list?
0: Well, yesterday you were mentioning uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, The Cost of Discipleship, and a, a large section of that book deals with the Sermon on the Mount. And as I was, uh, you know, before I came in the studio this morning, I, I just started grabbing some books off my, my shelf, and one of them was uh, um, the book by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, Studies on the Sermon on the Mount. These are exposition sermons that... That he preached, and you know, one of the interesting things about um, Doctor Martin Lloyd Jones, he had been a physician, so he had a very analytical mind, and he was able to, you know, he, he you know, in in the in, in the physician world, you know, he have to determine what it was not as well as what it was, and this is how he approached, uh, you know, the exposition of his uh, scripture, and so as I was always on, on scripture and life, and he draws out uh, the Lord's teaching on the character of the Christian and the Christian life. Uh, As we're talking about the gospel for life, this is a particularly good book in terms of this is what the Christian character is in that Christian life. Um, When I pulled it off the shelf, I realized how long ago I'd read it and and how important it was to me. I've got my name in the front of the book, and it says 1979. Uh, So this would have been uh, four years after I graduated from high school, that I was reading this book, and it um, before it, it before occupied, Josh
2: Bales was alive. I yeah, before Josh Bales
0: <laughs> are yeah, yeah, it was alive. Exactly, uh, you know. So I'm I'm out of high school four years, and this was this was a very important book. It it occupied that five foot bookshelf in my home for a very long time till it till that five foot bookshelf wrapped yeah, the office.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I also had one on my list. Number seven on my list was Martin Lloyd-Jones' Spiritual Depression. And um, that was on my I've-got-to-read-this-book list for a long time. I finally read it this year. And it's, once again, a compilation of just some of his sermons. But I just appreciate Lloyd-Jones. I've also read his Sermon on the Mount. But just his way of bringing the gospel into the practicalities of life that he— applies it so pastorally um, but so uh, authentically it, it's it's he it's, knows
0: people yeah it's pure exposition and and as he does that you know what we realize is men are the same it doesn't matter what generation we lived in men are the same we have the same uh, worries and fears and um, inclinations of our heart and uh, so he brings that out in the exposition of the word you would think that there might be a larger section of application but it's actually the the penetrating gaze of the of the, the of the preacher that preaches right into your soul when you when he when he preaches and he he influenced so many people he influenced guys like J.I. Packer and other and John Stott uh, yeah all these uh, and I Other don't think he ever
2: wrote a book. Is am I correct in that? I think all of his works are compilations of talks right. or sermons. I, I do
0: think he he did some editing of his yes. uh, of his messages for books, but he, that wasn't his primary focus. He wasn't right. he wasn't a book writer. But people, you know, they recorded his sermons, and uh, you can even still listen to sermons by him and hear that power in his in his uh, voice. He, yeah. You, you can hear him speak and and you realize this was an incredibly gifted man. It, oftentimes people refer him as the last of the Puritans. In one sense, he actually right. embodied some of that Puritan uh, spirit of uh, you know uh, the of the Christian. These are things that are true for the Christian, but also this is what you know, well, this is what the life uh, lived out of a Christian looks like. Right. There's a you great know, docu- oh,
1: well I was just going to d- d- jump in here and say and this is happening throughout this conversation about books, that every time one of you guys mentions a book, it'll pop into my mind that, oh, wow, uh, yeah, I read that years ago too. And uh, David Martin Lloyd- Lloyd-Jones on spiritual depression, and, and I think it was mm-hmm. under under a title, Joy Unspeakable. Well, th- there's no, another That's another, that's one. One. another that a, one. Okay, that's yeah. a different, different one. Okay, I'm getting confused. But his sermons on spiritual depression were huge for me as a young Christian because I had somehow picked up, and I think a lot of young Christians pick this up, uh, and, and I don't think, and, and I want to be fair to my, the teachers that I had when I was a young Christian, I don't think any of them were telling me that you become a Christian and you'll just be immediately and instantly and forever happy mm-hmm. and you'll never be discouraged and you'll never suffer depression. And I don't think any of my teachers were saying that, but somehow I had picked it up. Mm-hmm. That I'm a Christian, so therefore I should never be discouraged. I should never be unhappy. I should never be depressed. And uh, it was in reading uh, David Martin Lloyd-Jones in his sermons on spiritual depression that I recognized, oh, okay, I'm I'm not the only one dealing with this. There's, There's just d- a
2: realism there that's yes. that's wonderful.
1: It go, yeah, and that, mm-hmm. that depression and discouragement go with the
2: territory of being human and, and
1: some perhaps more prone to it than
2: others but yeah. i think it's so helpful because he identifies the problem but also gives you practical insights on how to move from where you are yes. to where you yes. ought, ought to well, be yeah. and that's and what i found well, so helpful you know, and not as, to be stuck and, in and it. as
0: a physician he also knew that there were f- physical things that happened to you so there were he addressed things both physically and spiritually right. you know so so um you know he would begin there you know of course uh you know if you, your your mother probably did the same things you need plenty of rest you need to eat well you need to do those he knew he knew that right. kind of uh, that oftentimes you can actually put yourself into that depression uh, because of some of the physical things that are going right. on and right. so he would first uh, he would address both at the same time. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote another book uh, on healing in the scriptures, which was really not not so much a, you know, here, pray this prayer and, and you'll be healed. It was how these two things interrelate, our our spiritual life, the life of the soul, and also, um, you know, our physical uh, life as well. Mm-hmm. Before we move on from Lloyd-Jones, I just
2: want to mention that there is a great um, documentary called Logic on Fire. Right. Right. Um, that if you have opportunity i think it's actually on amazon prime yes. um, that you can watch um and it's just different ministers talking about the life and ministry and some of lloyd jones's children talking about the 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 person and the the ministry of lloyd jones it's excellent what, what you get out
0: of that is the the breadth of how many people he's influenced throughout mm-hmm. the world in yep. his life is you know I, you could actually go on amazon and pick up any book by lloyd jones and you would be blessed
2: mm mm-hmm. mhm I'm going to take us into a different genre. Um, on my number 10 spot is three three books, one slot, I know, cheating, but it's still what it is. Um, but it, they're all related. C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, The Lord of the Rings, and L.B. Graham wrote a series called Binding the Blade that's a more recent series. But all three of these um, Christian fantasy um, series, um, and I thoroughly love, the imagery, um, the theology that permeates the book, um, just the way that they capture some profound spiritual truths in a make-believe world um, has influenced me. I mm-hmm. often think in terms of of characters and events that Lewis or Tolkien or L.B. Graham created um, that Interact with these spiritual truths in reality. So, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I had uh, I, I had J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, Lord of the Rings, on my supplementary list of because uh, I put uh, Christian books in my top ten, and then and then I have uh, made a, also made a supplementary list of some secular works that have influenced me, and of course, uh, Tolkien uh, was a Christian. Uh, but, uh, it, 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 the Lord of the Rings is, uh, n- n- none of, none of his fantasy works are overtly Christian, but, uh, I read, uh, Lord of the Rings as a young man. I, I believe I was a freshman uh, at college when mm-hmm. I first read Lord of the Rings. Uh, that would have been 1970, the fall of 1974. And, uh. I think look, I, I think every every young person well and every young person should read that trilogy, and every jaded old person should read look. that because what it did as a, as a young man, it inspired me to devote my life to something worthy. You know, it's all about this mission of uh, you know Frodo and his and his friends uh, ultimately destroying this you know this ring of power. And uh, what's inspiring about it is that they devote themselves to this difficult but worthy and ultimately inspiring mission. Um, And there's something about the human person, I think God built into us, that every one of us wants to devote ourselves to a worthy cause that's greater than ourselves. And of course, ultimately, that cause is the kingdom of God. And, and that's what we were built for. That's what we were designed for. That's what God is calling us into. Now, the Lord of the Rings is not about the kingdom of God. The ring is not the cross. Um, but what that story did was inspire my heart to hunger for that um, and, and to see it more deeply in the cross of Christ and in the service of God's kingdom. So.
0: Well, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and uh, there were several others. They they referred to themselves as the Inklings, and uh, they yes. had they had a gr- group. And I don't know which one of them uh, said it, or but or maybe this is just a paraphrase, but. Uh, the, what came out of that was every good story is a gospel story. Yes. There's a there's a there's a there's a sense you know we're we're the gospel for life. Every good story is a gospel story. There's a sense in which you, you look at a situation, it's down and out. There's uh, no hope. There's you know, and then redemption comes there's something that happens uh, the, the the deliverer arrives there's and so we we have this gospel story kind of played out in life or in fantasy and and that's part of the inspiration of these things uh, you know I' You know, i like to watch old film but you know oftentimes you know you're watching a 60s film and you realize when you got to the end that was really depressing there was no there was no gospel in that that's why they're uh-huh. not shown anymore you know you uh-huh. got to watch them on tcm or something there's yeah. that there, there's no there's no redemptive quality in the end and what we find in c.s lewis or Tolkien, or some even J.K. Chesterton, or uh, some of those is that redemptive quality, that that wonderful story uh, that of deliverance,
1: mm-hmm. and and all those stories pointing to the gospel, whether they know it or not. They're and, illustrative and, and, of it. Yes.
2: I was just gonna say that there um, is a great story that comes out of the Inklings that Jonathan was talking about that I can't remember which Inkling died, but I believe it was C.S. Lewis that had talked about the fact that with the passing of that one, he thought that he would have more of J.R.R. Tolkien um, because there would be one less person to share. And then what he discovered was he actually had less of Tolkien right. because this other member of the Inklings brought something out of Tolkien that he couldn't do. And it was just a wonderful insight into human uh, personality, human interaction, and and the sense of what it means to truly live in community
0: that when you Well, that's what we get here when we four get together. We enjoy each other's company. Um, You bring something out of Phil that uh, I don't bring out of Phil, or Josh, you know, we're missing Josh today, and it's the same thing. We don't get more of ourselves, we actually get something less because there's that that, uh, inner um, communication that's going on all around the table. Yep, amen. You've been listening to the Gospel
1: for Life. Uh, Please join us again tomorrow morning.